love that intro. It's supposed to remind us that we're, I mean, if you were entering an adventure movie, you'd go, okay, something amazing is about to happen. And that's what I want you to feel like when you open the book of Acts in the Bible. It's the Acts of the Apostles. That's where the name comes from. These are the people that were sent out under the power of the Holy Spirit, ordinary people who did amazing things. And unlike an action movie, a superhero movie, um, this isn't made up. Really happened. Now, in a superhero movie, you'll find somebody get bitten by a radioactive spider and they become Spider-Man or somebody else will be exposed to all sorts of gamma radiation and they can become the, the Incredible Hulk. Well, what if you and I were exposed to the Holy Spirit, in fact, filled with the Holy Spirit? What would happen to us? Well, we wouldn't become Spider-Man or the Incredible Hulk, but the Holy Spirit can transform us into missionaries and evangelists. And she didn't think, I don't think so, John. You don't know me. Well, I want you to hear the story of Philip today, uh, and I think you'll be greatly encouraged. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you use ordinary people to carry your message all around the globe. And Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can use us to carry the gospel across the street or to our family, to our friends. And so, Father, I pray that today you'll speak and move me out of the way and you'll remind us of some of the marvels in the book of Acts. What the Holy Spirit did through people who are just willing and ready to go. Open our hearts, Lord, to what you want to do in each of our lives today. Speak to us, we pray. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, first of all, I want to remind you that Jesus told his disciples to go tell people the good news and make disciples of people everywhere. And where do I get that idea? Well, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> okay, In Matthew, Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. In Mark, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. In Luke, Jesus said, it was written long ago, the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. And it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem, that there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. In fact, before I go any further, could we just read this, the words on this screen together, please? There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. This time, let's say it with a little gusto behind it. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Do you know what someone who is bound up in sin and guilt and shame would call this? They would call this good news. Sometimes those of us who've been Christians for a while, we forget this is the good news that when we heard it, we went, you mean I can be forgiven for every careless word, every wicked thought, every sinful habit, all the guilt and shame that comes with that? Jesus makes me clean? Yes, well, then give me Jesus. Well, this is what Jesus wants the whole world to know. There's forgiveness for all who repent and come to him. And that's what I want us to understand here is that he wants us to go. In fact, Jesus told his disciples, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. I'm sending you. And here's a life application for you and me. The Holy Spirit will give us the desire and the power to do this, to tell people about Jesus and make disciples wherever we go. It wasn't just for the original disciples. In fact, you'll see this in this story today. 
But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. That was right before Jesus ascended into heaven. Philippians 2.13, the Apostle Paul said, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So this is a, this is a task for all of us, but it's not something we have to muster up courage to do. It's something we just, we just have to be available and say, Lord, would you give me the desire and the power to do what pleases you? Would you give me the desire and the power to tell people about Jesus? It's not just for a few professionals. I'll never forget uh, a few years ago, I was invited to lunch by a man, and uh, he said, I want you to meet a friend of mine. I went, okay. So went to lunch, and we were having a pretty enjoyable conversation. We got it mostly finished with the meal. And then he said, um, hey, the reason I wanted you guys to meet each other is, John, I want you to know this friend of mine, we've known each other for decades, and, you know, and he's been a hard-drinking, hard-living man, and he's been burned through a couple of marriages, and I'm just really worried about him. And, John, I want you to tell him about Jesus, because I'm just worried about him. So go ahead. Now, he hadn't told this guy that I was going to do that. He hadn't told me I was going to do that. And this guy did not take kindly to it. He said, I can't believe you did this to me. We've known each other for all these years, and now you go bring in some preacher man. He goes, no offense, talking to me. He goes, no offense, but I'm not interested in your church, and I'm not interested in anything you have to say. I'm good. I'm happy. I got lots of friends. I don't need any of this, and I'm, I'm done. He got up and left the table. And so then I'm left there with this guy, and I said, why on earth did you do that? And he goes, well, I was afraid if I tried to share the gospel with him, I might offend him. I go, well, I think you succeeded. And I said, you did more than that. You offended somebody else. And he goes, who? And I go, me. Why didn't you just call me and ask me what you should say? You're the one who knows him. You've earned the right to be heard by this guy, not me. He doesn't know me from Adam. Why would he listen to me? I'd have prayed for you. I'd have given you instructions. Well, I thought it was your job. It's like, well, it is my job with the people God leads me to, but it's your job with this guy. He's your friend. I mean, I hope that makes sense to everybody. There are certain people you can communicate the gospel with that I would never have a chance to talk to. I'll never meet them unless you force me to some awkward lunch, okay? Don't do that. This is a story about an ordinary guy you're going to hear in a minute through whom God did extraordinary things because he was willing and able to go. He was ready to go. And that brings us to the story of Philip in the book of Acts. Acts 8, the Holy Spirit gave a man named Philip the desire and the power to tell people about Jesus and make disciples as he was running from persecution. I mean, this is what makes this story really interesting is, is that he wasn't out sharing the gospel because it was just the right thing to do. This is as he was running away from persecution, he told people wherever he went about Jesus. Here's how it happened. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. That day was the day when the first Christian had been martyred, a man named Stephen. He was killed for his faith. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. And if you just underline this, this is really interesting to me. We'll come back to this is significant because the apostles, the ones who had been with Jesus, didn't leave. The other people did. And this is the story of the people who left. Of some of the people who left. This is really fascinating. Okay? Anyway, um, they were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria, and Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. 
Uh, Saul would later become the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament, but at the time this story is taking place, he hasn't been converted yet. And he is thinking he's doing God a favor by killing Christians. I mean, he is mean and vicious, dragging people out of their homes, throwing them in jail, killing them if necessary. Hmm. Later in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says he even tortured people to the point where they blasphemed. He tortured them so much they renounced the name of Jesus. And Paul, man, says that he had to surrender that. Think of the, think of the pain. Anyway, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And it's important for you and me to note that going and making disciples, we read that in Matthew 28 there, go and make disciples of all nations, could just as well be translated, as you're going, make disciples. I mean, that's what happened with Philip. He was forced out of Jerusalem, not because he'd gone to some missions meeting and been encouraged to go as a missionary, because he was escaping persecution. But everywhere he went, he told people about Jesus. And the apostle Paul said, well, here's why that works. In 2 Corinthians 2, he says, but thank God, now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere we go like a sweet perfume. Our lives are like a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. I mean, if you pass somebody that has a beautiful cologne or uh, a fragrance on, man, what was that? Well, that's what we're supposed to do. Wherever God sends us, people are still supposed to see the joy and love and peace that comes from being filled with his Holy Spirit, God wants us to have that radiating out of our lives so everywhere we go, people can see that. And it's winsome and attractive. And that's also why God will sometimes allow difficult things to come into our lives. I mean, Philip and the other Christians didn't want to have to flee from persecution. But remember, the big idea for God was, God said, I want you to go. And make disciples everywhere. Well, how did he get them to go? They were all pretty happy staying in Jerusalem, being together. It was a good time. Well, what happened was they were scattered. And the Bible says the persecution scattered them. Now, from God's point of view, that'd be like a sack of seeds where somebody is scattering it on the soil so it'll grow. And that's exactly what happened to the church. As the people were scattered, man, the gospel was spreading everywhere. This still happens today. I met somebody last year uh, when they were stationed here in the Montgomery and Prattville area. The Air Force brought them in for officer training school. And they said, look, they were telling me they were leaving and they were sad to leave. And they said, I got to tell you, though, we didn't want to come to Alabama. They'd grown up in the Pacific Northwest. We were going to be so far away from the rest of our family. We just we didn't want to be here at all. We didn't know that Prattville was the preferred community. We didn't know, we, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and so they got here and they said, but man, we've been here and God has challenged us and grown us so much. We have so many good friends. And now we see ourselves as people when we go to the next place, God's going to use everything we learned here to help us teach other people wherever we go. And I said, that's exactly right. I mean, what if God uses a job change? Or what if God uses a relocation 
And all of a sudden you realize, hey, this isn't where we originally wanted to be at all, but this life has taken us here and God is guiding our lives. And all of a sudden now he's going to use us to sow seeds of good news at a place we never even intended to go, but he did. Well, welcome to Philip. This is one of the marvels of Acts. Not that the Holy Spirit turns us into Spider-Man, but he turned an ordinary guy like Philip into an evangelist, into a missionary. And here's what's important to note. God did extraordinary things to an ordinary man like Philip because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, that's why he'd been chosen by the apostles to run a food program. After the church had been expanding in Jerusalem, there were widows uh, that needed to be cared for. They started this food distribution program, but it all got bogged down because... I don't know, the Greek-speaking widows, people were saying that they, were getting more, they weren't getting as much food as the Hebrew-speaking widows, and the apostles said, we don't have time to settle all this. So they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the Word of God, not running a food program. So brothers, let's select seven men who are well-respected, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we'll give them this responsibility. And Philip was one of those seven. That's who he was. He had been a key volunteer. I mean, if you want a parallel for Centerpoint, Tom Gaylord, who is our site pastor this morning, is leading a worship service in Wetumpka, was the head usher here a few years ago. He was a responsible volunteer, felt called into ministry, led by the Holy Spirit to go. And he and Don moved from Prattville to Wetumpka, and now he's leading there. This still goes on. Ordinary people being used to do extraordinary things through the power of the Holy Spirit. If that's encouraging to you this morning, would you say amen? This is what God wants for all of us. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a life application. We need to be filled. And to be filled with the Holy Spirit means I empty myself of the things that are all about me. My own selfish desires. And I say, Lord, I don't want my desires. I want your will. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, Paul wrote. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't get drunk with wine. That'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, don't get filled with alcohol. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. And since we're living by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. It's surrendering every part of our life to him, saying, Lord, if you want me to go, I'll go. If you want me to stay, I'll stay. If you want me to speak, I'll speak. If you want me to serve, I'll serve. If you want me to write a letter, I'll write a letter. If you want me to make a phone call, I'll make that phone call. Lord, you just show me what to do. Give me the desire and the power to do what pleases you. And the Bible promises us he will. Now think about this. Think of this whole room where everybody was turned into a missionary or an evangelist. Everybody online who's watching me became a missionary and evangelist through the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's only one Spider-Man, and he's not even real. But what if we would all be filled with the Holy Spirit and be proclaiming the good news? Hmm. Philip was used because he was willing and available for the Holy Spirit to send him anywhere. Here's another story from Philip's life. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, 
a eunuch of great authority under the queen of Ethiopia. I mean, the head of the treasury, secretary of commerce, or secretary of the treasury. The eunuch had uh, gone to Jerusalem to worship and was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside his carriage. So Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? And the man replied, well, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up to the carriage and sit with him. Well, the passage of scripture that he'd been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to slaughter. As a lamb is silent before the shearers, he didn't open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life has been taken from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, well, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And so beginning with this same passage of Scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop. So they went down in the water. Philip baptized him. When he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch never saw him again. But he went on his way rejoicing. And meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north of the town of Azotus, and he preached the good news there in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. I mean, Philip was so available, the Holy Spirit could beam him up and put him someplace else. But Philip was obedient when the Holy Spirit prompted him to go talk to the guy traveling along in his carriage. I mean, he still does that. In fact, that's the note there. God wants all of us to live useful, abundant, fruitful lives like Philip. He wants to lead you and me. The Holy Spirit will prompt us. Give that person a call. Go see them. And if you've been a Christian for any time at all, you know this is the case. And you know you have a choice. It's God's hand upon us. And every time we trust him and are obedient, he will use us. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You didn't choose me. I chose you, and I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. All we have to do, this is a life application for us, is be willing and available for the Holy Spirit to guide us and work through us. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. I mean, does God really do that? Oh, yeah, he does it all the time. In fact, I remember, um, you know, a sequel to what I told you before, this disastrous lunch. Well, it was a year, year and a half later, whatever it was. Uh, Debbie and I went to dinner. I had a restaurant in Montgomery and then the restaurant that had a bar and the whole time where we were seated, the whole time we were, when Debbie and I were having dinner, I could see over her shoulder, this guy, this same guy was sitting at the bar by himself, and he was just pounding it. I mean, he was drinking hard. And so we finished with our dinner, and Debbie was going to go use the ladies' room or visit the ladies' room. And so um, I told her, well, you come out, I'll be at the bar. And she goes, you're going to be at the bar? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's somebody over there I need to talk to. So I went over to this guy, I walked over to the bar, and I sit down next to this guy, and he looks at me, his eyes are all bloodshot, because he's pretty far gone. Anyway, um, he said, what do you want? And I said, well, you told me, and I said, look, that lunch was disastrous. 
But you said when you left that table, you didn't need me or you didn't need God. You didn't need church. You had lots of friends and you were doing great. Well, I've been having dinner over here for the best part of an hour and you've been drinking two-fisted here. I don't see any friends. And I think you're drinking to forget. And I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Here's my card. Here's my number. You can call me. I'm going to talk to you when you're sober. But you need to come see me. Do you know that that guy came to see me the next week? He came on a Wednesday, and we talk, I talked to him about Jesus and surrendered his life. And he got down on his knees, and he asked Jesus into his heart right there. And do you know that that completely changed his life, impacted his whole family? And do you know that I wasn't sure whether or not I should go up and talk to him at that bar because that was extremely awkward? Well, he doesn't just do that for me. He'll do it for you. He'll prompt you. And I don't want you to take just my word for it. Shelly Green has been with us here this weekend. Shelly, if you'd come on up here. Um, she helped us, uh, she helped lead worship at a women's event yesterday, and uh, she helped us here with worship a few minutes ago. And um, Shelly, I'm glad you're here today. Thanks. It's but good for to be those here. of you who don't know her, she and her husband Tommy were part of our team here. In fact, Shelly came to lead worship with us in 2010, and she and Tommy left nine and a half years later. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, they came from Texas and they went right back to Texas or things. But Shelly, I'd ask you, I mean, you've heard everything I've said here today about uh, being willing to go. You and Tommy experienced that. I mean, how'd you get here in the first place? Well, uh, you know, God just kind of began stirring Tommy's heart. Uh, we had been traveling in a band, and the Lord had just opened up incredible opportunities. Things were going great. People were calling us and saying, hey, um, if you'll, you know, do this with, with your music, you come back to Nashville, blah, 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 we can get you on the radio, all these, all these different things. And the Lord said, I want you to lay it down. Uh, it's time to stop now. And it's like, but what? But why, God? And we had no idea that he was about to open up a new season for us. And so God began to stir Tommy's heart. And he said, Shelly, do you think God will ever use us in vocational ministry? And I was like, you know, again, because he had been, he had been, in, he had been on, on staff before at a church. And, um, and I was like, well, yeah, maybe. But, I mean, I just had a baby, baby in a baby carrier. And our daughter, who has special needs, um, she couldn't walk. And she's three and used a walker. And then we had a seven-year-old. I'm like, the timing's terrible. And he said, well, I just can't get this stirring out of my heart. I'm going to look online. And at the time, I had no idea that Michael and Gabriel, the, the angels, um, were actually in charge of Google searches. But apparently they are <laughs> because um, he found the only ad that Centerpoint had put online. We'd posted one. And you didn't even know about yeah, it. I didn't know. We the had, secretary yeah. had put it out there. And so Tommy found it. He goes, hey, I, there's this church in, in their heart, like what's what they're doing and everything. It's a startup church. It's brand new, blah, blah, blah. And um, he said, you know, it just sounds great. Like, and they're looking for a worship leader. And I said, you know, and I was worn out. I mean, I, I just had a baby and everything. And, and I was like, well, where is it? And um, I'm thinking Dallas, somewhere close to home. And he said, it's, it's in central Alabama. And um, like any good wife, I, you know, I looked at him. I said, have you lost your mind? I mean, seriously, we know no one. It's like halfway across the country. And um, he said, well, I'm just going to call. So he called, and little did we know that the elders had actually been in a prayer meeting that morning. Yep. And they said, God, if there is somebody out there that has a passion for your presence, 
we don't know how to reach them. We've been looking for a worship leader, and would you have them contact us? And 10 minutes later, Tommy called. So, and the rest is just history. God just confirmed, and I got a journal full of confirmations about our move here, and it was like, wow, God, you're really, we're really doing this. And so, um, we came in and they interviewed me and literally two weeks later, it, it was a quick move. Like I don't recommend it. Um, two weeks later we packed up and we came. Oh yeah. So they were here for nine and a half years and some of you know Shelly and Tommy very well. Um, and they were a big part of all the things that, of many things that God did here. But then, uh, 2019, yeah. the Lord led you right back again, back to Texas. We did. Yes, we were completely, Texas, going back to Texas was not in the plans. It was not on the radar. Apparently it was in God's. Um, so he, um, it was actually through a, a tragic situation. The pastor where we had met, the church that we had met in, the pastor who officiated our wedding, and Tommy had actually been on staff there for 10 years. Um, he tragically died in an accident, and um, we went down for the funeral because, you know, you have relationships, and it's like when somebody that you've been a part of their life for that long and, and something's going on, you have to be there. You can't not go. So we went, and um, a couple months later, the elders reached out to Tommy, and they were like, um, would you guys consider coming and, and pastoring Grace? And they are just like, uh, I mean, Tommy, he knew in his heart. I didn't know, and I, and I told the Lord, I said, if this is you, you've got to give me a journal full of confirmations, because when we picked up our family and we moved to a place we didn't know, I knew it was you because you confirmed it and you let us. I don't want to do a good thing. I want to do a God thing. If this is you, you've got to, you've got to show me. And so conversation after conversation, um, scripture after scripture, circumstances, everything, and so um, when it was time to go, uh, it was another two-week move, and I uh, wasn't expecting that either, and so, but with kids, the way schedules lined up, trying to get them in school, and um, so if you can ever avoid leaving in two weeks, just, I don't recommend it. It's really stressful, but it's, um, but I tell you what, man, to see what God's done, and um, what he did here during our time. Oh, yeah. Here, and then what he's doing now is just incredible. We just serve a faithful God. Yeah, in fact, you and I talked on the phone this week about this uh, when I said, I really want you to comment on some of this. And um, God has spoken to you a little bit about John 15, 16, where um, Jesus is speaking. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so the Father will give you, so the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And what's your take on that? Does that apply just to full-time pastors? Does that apply, does that oh apply to you and me? It applies to stay-at-home moms. It applies to lawyers and doctors. And it applies to uh, Walmart clerks. And it applies to teachers. And no matter where you are or what you're doing, I mean, you know, I didn't choose music. Like, God put that in me. Um, and it's so funny. I think, <laughs> I think... I think the Lord was having fun with the angels up there when he created me because it's like, we're going to put music in her and we're going to make her an introvert. And so we're going we're gonna to we're gonna give her the worship leading gift, but we're going to cause her to be shy. So when I got here, um, I, I had a, a little bit of experience in worship leading, but I was terrified to speak. And um, the Lord just began to, to shape me and grow me. And that was one way he worked in me while I was here. 
But going back to the scripture, he appoints us to go, right? And we don't always feel qualified. We don't always feel good enough. Mm-hmm. But it's not about that. He's not looking for perfect. He's looking for surrender. He's looking for somebody that will be obedient and go. And he appoints us to go so that we'll bear lasting fruit. And so, and the lasting fruit is our investment in other people's lives. Yeah, in fact, that life's life application, if we're willing and available, the Holy Spirit will guide us and work through us. Could we read this out loud, please? If we are willing to go and available, excuse me, the Holy Spirit will guide us and work through us. All of us. Shelly, me, you had a choice whether or not you were going to move both times. I had a choice whether I'm going to go up to that bar or not because I didn't know how that was going to turn out. You might have a choice when God prompts you to call a friend this week. Just got that feeling I need to go check on my cousin. Mm. Telling you, I read my Bible this morning. I just feel like God's speaking to me about something. Got to do it. What would happen if we stepped out on faith? Because there's one more, one last verse here. John 16, 13, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes... When the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He's never going to lie, will he, Shelley? He loves you. Loves me. Question is, are we willing to go? We're coming out of a pandemic. People are at a place now, many people haven't been in church for a long time. There are so many people who need to hear the good news. If we repent, he'll forgive us all our sins. If you're a part of a church, there are people who can love you and help you. You don't have to be alone anymore. You don't have to be afraid anymore. Oh, this is God's heart for us today. Would you pray with me, please? Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you that we have the opportunity just to be together. And gracious God, I'm asking that you would do amazing things in our hearts. Father, I am asking that you would put a burden on our hearts to go, to be willing and available to go wherever you want to send us. Father, I want you to produce fruit in me and through me. I want you to guide me. I want my own stories of what you've done, where you've led me. Just give me the desire and the power to be obedient wherever you tell me to go. Give me the desire and the power to share the good news. There's forgiveness of sins for anyone who repents. Let my life be like a sweet fragrance, a perfume. Oh, God, this is what I want for our church. This is what I want for me. It's what I want for Tommy and Shelly in Texas. It's what I want for all of us here. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your great love to us, toward us. We thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus. And Father, I just pray that we can carry the good news wherever we go. Lord, I don't want to be turned into Spider-Man. I don't want to be turned into the Incredible Hulk. But Lord, I do want to be used as an ambassador of good news. So, Lord, fill me up and send me wherever you want me to go. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray these things together. Amen.